0: allowing you to become the architect of your own reality. Join Dr. Karen Curry for Elevating Your Life Script, a weekend workshop where you transform your life by crafting intentional narratives, May 24 through 26, at the Omega Institute in Rhinebeck, New York. Learn more at eomega.org thrive. You said what you're feeling is juicy joy, juicy joy. Juicy joy, juicy joy.
1: Juicy joy, juicy joy. Juicy joy, juicy joy. Hey, welcome. I'm so glad you're here. You are so deserving of all the joy and juiciness you can stand. I'm Lisa McCourt of Joy School, and this is Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation Podcast. Let's do some joy. Welcome, listeners, to this special episode of Do Joy, a little different from our usual format, because we're kicking off Pride Month, and that's a big deal in my world. And while I'm aware that not all of my listeners belong to the LGBTQ community, I'm going to go out on a limb and assume that if you're a listener to this podcast, you are at minimum an ally to this community. Because if you like my content, you like what we do here, then you are a stand for love in this world. You are one of the bright lights moving humanity forward because you understand and appreciate oneness, probably the highest spiritual concept for any of us to grasp. You understand that only through love and compassion for ourselves and all other beings, all other beings, can we turn the tide on this thing? This big old darkness that is making itself known in really big and frightening ways right now. I'm talking about oppression and discrimination of all marginalized groups, racism, homophobia, transphobia. It's all kind of up in our faces right now in our world, on our media. And of course, the thing underlying all of this is hatred. And in the famous words of Martin Luther King, I know y'all know this one. Feel free to say it along with me. Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. So this episode is going to include mini interviews with some of my favorite peeps dedicated to bringing that light, bringing that love, understanding it's the only way forward for us. And that brings me straight to the first of my cherished, cherished guests, my friend, my soul brother, my love, Scott Stabile. Hi, darling.
2: Hello, love. So good to see you, as always.
1: I am so happy that, that you, you were just here for a full episode, which if any of y'all didn't hear that one, definitely go back and catch that. That was a beautiful, just content rich, precious episode. And I wanted you to come back just for a little bit with me today, because you know, love, you know, big love and you know what it is to live as part of an oppressed community in this time and place right now. So what do you say to those who follow you who are looking for answers? Right now, for ways to stay aligned with that loving nature that we all are at our core, every one of us is love. And how do we find our way back to that?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. <laughs> you know, I uh, the the thing that came up as you were asking that in this moment for me was what I've been thinking about lately is just getting back to looking at what we have the power to control in our lives versus what we don't have the power to control in our lives. You know, and Lisa, for me, I find that I tend to feel most powerless and hopeless and in despair when I'm locked onto all the things happening in this world that are wholly beyond my control, Mm. because then all we feel is the overwhelm of that and the powerlessness of that so when i find when i catch myself doing that and if i know that i would like to feel something other than hopelessness and powerlessness <laughs> i invite myself back to and, and it really does look like we're laughing and i'm 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 talking about it like this is what i do in my mind or in my heart how i direct myself but the conversation really does look like that for me it's like okay scott you're living in this place of hopelessness and despair right now um is this how you want to feel? And okay, you want to feel it? Great for now. Do you want to shift beyond it? Okay, what can we do to create a shift in this experience? Because you know that the 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 fullness of your humanity is not just about hopelessness, hopelessness and powerlessness. So it's like, let's look at the things in your life that you actually can control. Because whenever you're in the you're now, I'm directing to all the listeners, <clears throat> whenever you're feeling completely overwhelmed and hopeless come back to what you have power over because when you when you elicit your power over the things you can control it's impossible to feel that level of hopelessness so for me i consider my needs in my life that help me to feel more okay that help me to feel more grounded in my heart and in love and in oneness with all that is those needs for me are time and nature that's something i have control over how can I get myself outside? Because whenever I'm around the trees in nature, I'm being being handed, shown, 24-7 an example of what it is to be in complete alignment with Spirit, with Source, with God. So for me, that is a gift every time, and I know that when I'm giving myself that gift, I'm much more likely to enter that space of aligned energy. So that's a need, and that's something I have control over. Connection when i'm feeling overwhelmed and hopeless i'm usually alone in my head you know mired in this state of despair reach out to somebody that you love somebody with whom you can share a laugh someone with whom you can share joy that's something i have control over i can take that step right the foods i put into my body the the time I build around good nights of sleep these are all things that I have control over and all things that center me in my heart and then of course Lisa love in general like we have control over how we're choosing to show up in this world we have control over the example we're setting so no matter what I'm seeing in the world outside of me no matter the violence no matter the injustice no matter the, the laws being created against me and my community, no matter what it is I'm seeing, I can choose to show up with compassion and love in whatever other choices I'm making, which is to say, if I wanna be the most vocal activist on the planet, I believe deeply that my activism will be most effective if I don't lose touch with compassion and love, even for those who would want to dehumanize me. Can I still open my heart to the understanding that they have only gotten to this place of dehumanization because they are living in a deep state of fear that they aren't connected to heart. They're not connected to spirit. They're not connected to nature. So, Can I understand that, hold my heart open to their humanity while at the same time, if I feel called to, be very vocal and clear in my decision to be an activist and work for for my rights, work for the rights of the broader community, work for the rights of any marginalized community, if that's what I feel called to do? What, What I'm saying ultimately is... When you come to understand that you can connect to all of your choices through a loving heart and that by doing so you are actually creating more of an impact than you could possibly create from a hateful place, from a disassociative place, from any other place, like it is within our power to bring love to whatever we're doing. And if you want to see more love in the world and more compassion in the world, the only way to make that happen is by being an example of it you know and i'll say the one more thing and then i'll you talk no 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 you babe. <laughs> you know i think for me lisa one of the ways in which i can struggle at times with what i'm saying and feeling and i feel what i'm saying deeply is that it's it can feel like well I see so many examples of people who aren't willing to make this choice. And how do we really create change when most people aren't willing to center in their hearts and move forward from that place? So what does it matter if, I'm, if I am? So to anyone thinking that or feeling that, and I feel that in moments, though I also, I I trust so deeply in the power of love. So what I wanna to say to that is, how are you feeling how are you as an individual if you're paying attention to the choices you're making and when you're realizing that if you're paying attention to the choices you're making what you're likely to realize is that when you're operating from a place of love and compassion you are going to feel incredibly different about yourself and about your life. And you are going to start to notice that how you impact the people in your direct circle is also different. And from that you, you, can begin to trust in a deeper way that by showing up from that place yourself, you absolutely are having an effect on the outside world. And it's much harder to hold on to this belief that you are powerless when you're actually seeing how your power is affecting your life first and foremost, and then the lives of the people in your immediate circle next, and then anyone you're touching, right? So I don't, I don't doubt that power anymore. And I also have no control over how other people are showing up. And I know that I'm doing a profound disservice to myself by focusing on the choices and words of others. Right? All we ultimately have control over is how we're showing up on this planet, in this reality, in this moment. What do you want to create? And is the way you're showing up in alignment with what you want to create? And if not, beautiful be honest about it and then shift yourself as much as you are able to get back to love and compassion and keep putting it out there in the world this is all we can do it's all we can do and then from that place the more we live in our hearts the more i trust whatever other nudges i'm getting to show up like you lisa as an example this this special episode you're in your heart you're in love you're in compassion you're also aware of of the laws the the prejudices the all of the isms and phobias around different marginalized communities so you got a nudge in your heart from this place of love and compassion to put this episode together for me this is like These are the types of nudges that can come from divine alignment. And then you're doing this in a way which is inviting us all to stay in our hearts, to have honest conversations about what we're seeing, but not from a place of saying they're evil, they're horrible, they're criminal. And also not from a place of denying that a lot of the actions we're being seen are rooted in fear and violence and ugliness. Can we hold space for all of it? and i believe we can and i believe that that what we are in the nudges we get from alignment and what gets created from that place is how we ultimately create healing in this world
1: oh hallelujah oh <laughs> sweetheart oh, that is such pure gold and i really hope listeners will listen to that again and again because being in the the joy business you know i sell joy over here and that talking point that joy is a choice, happiness is a choice, is just kind of so immediately met with the eye roll. Well, easy yeah. for you to say. You're not going yes. through what I'm going through, you're not part of what I'm experiencing. And you just made the most beautiful and articulate case for it being a choice with with you know you get perks you get perks from choosing this path you get perks from choosing love it's not you're not doing it for those people out there you're doing it for you and what's in your heart and i just love every word of what you said i knew that you would get exactly what i wanted to achieve here and open up this episode in the most beautiful and heartfelt way thank you thank you thank you my brother
2: oh you're so welcome i want to share one quick thing please. also please oh i um, want to
1: ask you about breathwork too is that what you're gonna okay. say okay
2: so I was a, a, a friend of mine, uh, more a Facebook friend, acquaintance. She had a post, and I'm not on Facebook a lot, reading through people's things, but I happened to see this, and I'm so happy I did. It was a picture of her six-year-old daughter, um, and she's a black woman, and it was she, the daughter had just finished school, and it was like, yay, you know, my daughter finished sixth grade, and we are celebrating around here, and it was just like two statements of total joy right and then and this was yesterday right the day oh. after the horrible shoot school elementary school shooting and then under it she said basically by the by i'm very aware of all the horrors happening in our country and i one of one of the most insidious aspects of all of the violence and injustice we see in this country is its ability to zap us of our joy and she said joy is one of the most revolutionary acts that you can participate in right now and hell yes i am going to celebrate my daughter and the fact that she graduated from school we are going to be partying around here and it was so beautiful and so such an expression of what we need because joy in, in this work, it is revolutionary in, in a world that is giving us countless reasons to just be functioning in despair day in and day out. And when you come to understand that the energy of joy is also available to us inside of us and outside of us everywhere, and it's infectious and it creates healing on this planet. And, and the more we give ourselves over to it in an authentic way when we're feeling it, um, the more we are gifting this world. So thank you for the work you do. I really believe that deeply.
1: Oh, it's so true. It's so true. That's all any of us can do is turn up the dial on our own light. That's all we can do. That's all we have within yeah. our control. And that light extends and affects everyone around us. That comes up every episode. It's just it's such yeah. a, such a truth that people need to hear again and again and again so that they can own their joy and not feel guilty about it and, and not yes. not just want to turn down their light to match what they feel is the, the vibe out there. That's not the answer yeah scott you you offer a beautiful modality i know it's not what you came here to talk about but y'all i've been doing this with scott and it's just so cleansing and so so many of us could use some cleansing of our energy systems right now just because of so much that we accumulate just by being a a person on the planet right now and it's breath work and he offers it online and it's beautiful do you want to just tell us a little bit about your breath work scott
2: Sure. You know, breathwork is is for me now, I would say the tool that's most exciting um, because and, and I'm speaking about for people listening, it's literally just a two part inhale and an exhale that we do for all in and out through the mouth for a half an hour. But the journey that you can go on from intentional, active breathing in that way is I don't know how to sit, put words to it because of my own experience, Lisa. Like I have, I have literally spoken to loved ones who have passed. I have connected to my inner child. I have sobbed. I have laughed hysterically. I have screamed all in one session. Like it's, and and that doesn't happen every time either. And some sessions are very, are, are much more mellow, but, but the breath is for me, one of the most healing tools we have available to us and it's available to us all the time. And so I've been working with breath a lot more in my life and guiding breath in, in what I've come to discover is that the blocked energy places inside of us that the breath is able to release, um, has been profoundly healing. And I don't even always know what it's releasing. I just know that, that these, these, these like rigid stones of energy that have been just festering in my body for who knows how long from all the different pains and traumas we experience that our bodies hold on to for years and decades. Um, I haven't found something that helps me move that energy more effectively than breath. And so it's been a real joy to guide it because even on zoom, the feedback I get from people, it's like, what just, <laughs> what just happened to me? Like, what was that? And, um, And again, I feel like I don't talk about this really well, because sometimes I'm inclined to share things about it that feel so profound, but I don't want to get people's hopes up, but it actually is what's happening, you know, and then um, I just, I believe deeply in the practice. So... I feel like I didn't explain it. That I didn't do breathwork justice. Look into the only place you didn't
1: do it justice is when you said all it is is this. No, it's it's your intuitive guidance through the process. It's the group experience with you guiding us. It's hearing your voice reassuringly between the songs. It's it's a lot more than all it is is this breath in (laughs) and out. (laughs) I
2: I appreciate that, and I, I I trust in what I bring to the process. And but truly, truly, truly. It is about what you're bringing to the process and your willingness to be open to your breath. And for me, breath has been very effective at getting me out of my head and into my body. And as someone who meditates and believes in meditation but struggles with meditation and maybe gets one minute out of 20 where I feel like I'm finally out of my head, (laughs) with breath work, I'm like I'm in my body very quickly and something different happens there. That for me has been really powerful and beautiful. And I'm coming into myself as a guide with it. I feel that and have gotten great feedback for that. So I appreciate that. But it's, I'm not saying this from like, I'm the most humble person. It's really about you. It's the work you're doing in it. I swear to you.
1: Well, you, you facilitate it beautifully. I've been Thank taking you. my, Thank we've been having Joy School field trips to Scott's uh, <laughs> yeah. breathwork. The Joy Schoolers and I have been crashing Scott's breathwork sessions. And I definitely would recommend any listeners who want to experience this go to scottstabile.com, and you can see how to do that with Scott. It's super affordable. And, so um, and and also just go to his Substack because you can just not get enough of that little sprinkling of magic in your day that he puts there on his substack. It's just his his heartfelt writings and videos and um and we need some more of that in our lives. So so that's something else y'all can do. Thank you, honey. Any other way they can keep up with you or anything you want to tell them, love?
2: No, that's great. You know, I'm on social media if you're there and that that's beautiful. Okay. what you just said
1: well i'm gonna uh, sign off with scott and be right back with our next speaker for this little uh, mini episode thank you brother love you
2: i love you thank you
1: next i am so happy to bring y'all this precious superstar today you know her name i'm sure many of you have watched her journey jazz jennings is a 21 year old transgender television personality spokesperson influencer and LGBTQ activist, a former human rights campaign youth ambassador, author, and a sophomore at Harvard University. Jazz stars in the award-winning TLC reality TV series I Am Jazz. Welcome beautiful girl. I'm so glad to be with you.
3: Thank you. I'm, I am feel honored to be able to speak with you
1: today. Oh, you are so, so, so sweet. Thank you for all you've done to educate and illuminate with your gorgeous wide open heart and your dedication to sharing your journey, your truth with the world. That is a brave, spectacular thing that needed to be done. And <laughs> you did it.
3: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I just, I feel very passionate because I feel like the world needs it. You know, we need more empathy. We need more love in our society. And obviously transgender people face... A lot of discrimination. There's a lot of hatefulness out there. And I'm going to continue sharing my story, continue pushing forward the agenda of love and happiness until, you know, the world respects transgender people for who we are.
1: That is so beautifully spoken. As you know, I have a transgender daughter. I'm passionate about education around this topic. And like, I can quote statistics and science all day long, but I can't speak to the heart of the experience of being transgender at this particular juncture in time on this crazy, crazy planet. And we all know there's plenty to rail against and gracious, plenty of work still to be done. Yeah, looking back at history, I've got to believe we're headed in the right direction. Even when it feels like two steps forward, one egregiously awful step back, and I just wanted to to give you the chance to say what is the, the thing that you'd most like for the world to understand about what it means to be transgender right now?
3: What I want people to realize is that transgender individuals are human beings too, and we deserve to be respected for who we are and treated equally. We just want equal rights, and we want people to know that we just want to be able to live our lives and live our truths. And I just feel like a lot of the times people put us in a box and categorize us outside of our human being natural selves and i want people to realize that no we just want to be happy we just want to live our lives and we're not trying to offend or hurt anyone you know like we're not doing anything to harm others we just want to live our truths
1: oh sweet pete i'm gonna cry because I can feel that you're tired of having to say that. (laughs) You should be tired of having to say that. (laughs) I
3: I just think it's so simple to understand, you know, like let us live our lives. Let us be free. Let us live our authentic truths. And everyone deserves that. Everyone deserves that freedom. And I don't know why so many people don't understand the transgender topic. It's pretty easy to understand in my eyes. And I I guess it's confusing for some, but at the end of the day, you just got to let people be and just respect them and have empathy. I think that's what it all, that's what it's all about. I think transgender people exist for the purpose of teaching others about empathy. You know, it, it can be confusing for some to understand, but at the end of the day, you have to look at trans people and be like, you know what? They're human beings too. They deserve to be treated equally. And that's that. And I'm going to just appreciate people for who they are. Even if sometimes I don't fully understand others, at least just respect them.
1: Yes. Yes. Thank you. That's so beautiful. I I feel you, baby. And I really believe that all the people who seem like they're hate-filled, bad people, if they just could understand, if they they did the little bit of research necessary, we're not going to go into a lot of research on this episode, but the research is there. You can go on Google, you can find out. But I feel like unless somebody who has a compassionate heart has a transgender person in their world, then they will go do the research and they'll say, oh, I get it. Okay. But Other than that, people don't seem to want to learn about what it means to be transgender, and it's that automatic fear response that brings out this other side.
3: People are afraid of what they don't know or understand, you know? Um, And when people first hear about the transgender topic, there's a lot of different assumptions that they make. There's a lot of things that they don't understand. Um, but I really think what it comes down to is understanding the gender binary and the gender binary causes the transgender issue to exist because you're putting people in boxes. And when you do that, put kids in boxes at a young age, you know, they're going to break the mold. They're going to they're going to not abide by that system in place because we can't categorize people based on boy, girl and all of the um the gender roles that come with that you know like it's just it's not working anymore and that's why the, there's so many transgender people out there because we can't limit who we are and the gender binary limits us
1: yeah it's a very convenient binary for those who happen to fall at either end <laughs> you know? yes, well yes th- but a lot to... of us
3: are a, a lot of us are no longer following or abiding by the system
1: that's in place hallelujah that Well, I appreciate you so much, darling. Is there anything else that you want to tell people or share about your wish for humanity as we move toward this more compassionate, equality-based future that we know has got to be right around the corner?
3: Yeah, I just want everyone to be happy, and I want everyone (laughs) to just respect and appreciate each other. You know, even if it is confusing to understand the trench and a topic at first, do some research, try to understand, ask questions, be open-minded. And at the end of the day, just love everybody. Everybody's got to love everybody. You know, we're all different. We're all unique. We live in a diverse world, but we have to appreciate each other. Instead of fighting and bickering and all of that, we should come together and really learn from one another, appreciate each other, respect each other. And if we can do that, then I see a society where we're unified and we're all one together and where we all have love and respect for each other. And that's all I want for the world.
1: Just that little ask, one small ask from Jazz. Yes, <laughs> I think the, from
3: all of us, from all of us.
1: I think the world needs to step up for that request. Thank you, my darling. Thank you for being here with us today. I appreciate Thank you for you. all that
3: you do. I really appreciate all that you do.
1: Back at you. Ben Green is a trans man, a public speaker with an awesome TEDx talk, which I have seen and recommend He's an educational consultant working in and for the LGBTQ community. Ben, I'm so happy that you had a few moments to talk with me today because I love your energy. I love what you bring to this world. And I wanted you to tell us, I mean, you are so rocking it out there. And I know this is never an easy journey by any means. Was there any sort of defining moment when you knew it was gonna be okay? Was there any, any pivotal thing that happened along your journey that you'd wanna share with us?
4: Yeah, I think first off, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. And I think I, I really had one moment in particular that has defined a lot of the earlier years of my transition and I think will continue to shape my life which is that growing up and you know, I came out at 15 and there were no positive examples of trans people around me. They say, you have to see it to be it. And so I was watching TV and the news and my books and they only had very sad trans stories. I had never heard a trans happily ever after, so I assumed it was not possible for me. And then the summer after my freshman year of college, I saw something that truly blew my mind, which was a real life trans actor playing a trans character on stage who had a happy ending i had never seen that before and i was so excited so i planned out everything i was going to say to him after the show i was going to say i've never seen someone like myself represented on a stage before it gives me so much hope for myself and for my future as a trans man thank you and i was all ready to say that to him and we come into this lobby room afterwards it's packed with people waiting to talk to the actors and I'm on one side of the room and he's on the other. And I take one look at him, I open my mouth and I just start sobbing. I cannot oh, get a single word out. And he sees me from across the room. He walks through the whole crowd and he just grabs me and pulls me in. And we just stand there. He starts crying, I'm crying. We're just crying in each other's arms, not saying a single word, but we understood everything we needed to know about each other in that moment. And after two or three minutes, he stepped back and he said, this is it. This is why representation matters. And he told me the story of how he had the exact same thing happen to him 20 years before the first time he saw a transgender person on stage. And in that moment, I was like, all right, that's it. That's it for me. This is everything I do in my life is to the goal of being that for as many people as possible. And I said, I can be this, and I can be a part of the reason that the world becomes this for every trans person who has come before me, who is still here, who will come after me. I want to be that for all of them. And as a fantastic part two to that story, i was speaking at a high school a few weeks ago and i told that story and then the bell rang to dismiss the kids to their buses and i walked down off the stage and i turned around to drink some of my water and when i turned back around there was a line of 40 kids waiting for a (gasps) hug
1: oh my gosh i had a moment
4: of yeah it was oh i have chills thinking about it it was really really and they wanted autographs they wanted pictures and i was like the fact that at this high school there are 40 kids who are all confident enough in themselves to hey, just come up and talk to me and have their peers see them come up and talk to me and that they are having this moment too like really made it, it made me feel so strongly that we are moving in the right direction and that there is so much hope and love out there and it was a really beautiful
1: moment Oh, what a difference you are making in this world. I am so grateful for you. This reminds me of an analogy I've used sometimes where, you know, whatever many years ago when kids would turn up at school left handed, they would be shamed out of being left handed. Yeah. They'd be taught to be right handed. And we thought that there was just a tiny little percentage of left handers in the world. But then once science decided to say, no, actually, it's OK to be left handed. It doesn't really matter there was a sudden huge spike in how many left-handed kids there were and then a plateau of course that just you know plateaued off it's it's exactly that right it's just yeah. that there's not a, a rise right now in how many transgender people there are there's just thank goodness that little glimmer of acceptance and understanding that's allowing the numbers to come up to what they actually yeah. have always I don't been
4: think we're seeing a fad i think we're seeing healing of and I course. think about that all the time it is really beautiful to see how many people not are becoming trans but are feeling comfortable and have the tools and language and support available to show that to the world that's so magical
1: so magical it really is it's exactly what's meant to be happening at this time and it's still scary and there's still so far to go yeah. but thank goodness for as far as we've come thanks to people like you
4: absolutely it is really my pleasure to get to do this work and it can feel really scary but there are so many people on our side on the right side of history who are you know a part of the good guys there are so many people you know i've been traveling the country speaking at different people like chapters and all of these families companies organizations nonprofits like so many incredible people on our side and that gives me so much hope to say even if things are dark right now there is a light at the end of the tunnel and there are a whole bunch of people even if it's dark and we can't see it there are a whole bunch of people walking with us and that's really beautiful
1: that is so beautiful, and I hope that touches some of the, the listeners to this podcast, and I know a lot of them are, are you know, just allies to this community. It's not a podcast specifically for the LGBTQ community, yeah. but I, I know it's a, a listenership of love-based souls who want to move humanity forward, so every bit of edu- education that we can bring, of understanding we can bring, is, um, is doing some good, so thank you for being with me here today.
4: Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It is my pleasure.
1: That was Ben Green. You can keep up with Ben and see all the powerful work that he does at BGTransTalks.com. Next we have a little announcement from Amanda Young an ambassador of philanthropy from the Kendra Scott Jewelry Chain. She's here to tell us about an event with an online component, for those of y'all who aren't down here in South Florida with us, but also a real-life invitation for those of you who are. I know there are a bunch of you. And I've asked her to also share an inspiring story about Kendra Scott, founder of this beautifully philanthropic company. So Amanda, my love, first tell us what's happening on June 11th for Pride Month.
5: Yes, so Kendra Scott is a very philanthropic organization. Uh, We are a company that kind of prides ourselves on giving back to the community and identifying people within each of our communities that we think could use some additional support. And on June 11th, we are very, very happy to be celebrating Pride Month with P. Flag Broward. Um, And for those of you who don't know, and I'm sure Lisa, you talk about this, often, Pride Month is a really great uh, time of the year to not only celebrate the amazing people that belong to the LGBTQIA community but also to acknowledge the hardships that they may have gone through um, throughout the course of their life. So PFLAG is a really amazing organization that offers support to LGBT plus youth and families and offers resources. So we're happy to be supporting and on June 11th from 1 to 3 p.m., we are having an in store celebration at our brand new store in Broward County at Dania Point. During that time, we are happy to offer 20% of a donation of all sales during that time to P Flag Broward. It's going to be really fun. We'll have sips and sweets, as we like to call them, and it's going to be a really, really great time. So we would love to have everyone there. And if you aren't local to Broward County, that's totally okay. We understand that Lisa has a very far reach, so you can still support P Flag Broward. You can shop online at KendraScott.com from Saturday. Uh, June eleventh through Sunday, June twelfth, with the give back code, all caps, give back dash as in Victor, X as in X Ray, and you can do that the entire day Saturday until eleven fifty at nine p.m. on Sunday. So definitely hop on there, grab your jewels for the summertime if you have an upcoming vacation, and just what we like to say, shop for good. Who doesn't love shopping, especially when it's for good, right?
1: Oh, I love that, and and that code is applicable at KendraScott.com. Really fun, yes. beautiful jewelry, y'all. And you know, this is this is what it's all about. I just came out of a four-day conference, the Consciousness and Human Evolution Conference, with brilliant scientists and thought leaders like Bruce Lipton and Greg Braden and other cutting-edge geniuses at our of our time. And the bottom line, the really obvious bottom line obvious to those of you who are drawn to this podcast at least is that we're here to take care of one another this is what we're here to do darwin got it big time wrong y'all the future of humanity does not lie in competition with one another it lies in cooperation with one another we got to turn this thing around so so tell us just briefly that that beautiful story you shared with me about kendra scott amanda
5: yeah i'd love to so so often, um, as the regional marketing and philanthropy lead, I I have the great job of reaching out to the people that are doing the good work in our communities and saying, hey, we're a jewelry brand, but we have resources to help. And I feel a lot of the time people are very confused by how a jewelry brand and the philanthropy sector kind of work together. Uh, so I love sharing this story because it says so much about who we are today, um, because we've always led with philanthropy since the beginning. So when Kendra started our company in 2002, um, I love telling this story too, because female founders at that time were really not, We were. they were not that many of them. So Kendra was kind of a pioneer before she even knew it. Um, she actually was pregnant with her second child and picked up a new hobby and decided she was gonna start jewelry making she was like oh this is kind of fun well she um got into a situation where she really needed to find some money and she had started a brand previously that was also um founded on the cornerstone of philanthropy and that business unfortunately failed so she couldn't start a line of credit uh, she had dropped out of college so Things were looking a little bit grim for Kendra at this time. And she told herself, you know, I'm going to take $500 out of my savings account and I'm going to design a collection of jewelry. And if I can make this happen on this $500, then this situation was meant to be. So she took her new collection and she went, you know, business to business and nonprofit to nonprofit. And she said, look, use this jewelry for a good cause and just tell people who I am. And she was great at doing that with nonprofits local to the Austin area. She would be donating jewelry whenever she can and would say, I don't even need you to pay me for this. Just get the word out and raise money for your important cause. Well, this was a really great tactic because without even knowing it, Kendra was generating such a buzz in the Austin area. She got kind of picked up by Nordstrom, they were like, Hey, who's this Kendra girl in Austin? And why is everyone so obsessed with her jewelry? And then in 2008, uh, we were in the midst of the recession when other retailers were kind of retreating and didn't really know where they wanted to go. Kendra had the bright idea of opening our first brick and mortar retail store and selling direct to customer. Um, and the rest of her team was probably like, uh, I don't know, this is a good idea, but she decided this is what I want to do and we're going to do it. On that first day of business, before they even opened the doors, they had a line of people wrapped around the building. And Kendra kind of looked around and started crying and was like, oh, my gosh, how do all of these people know who I am? How are they waiting outside my store? And it turns out that almost every single person in line that day was someone that we had donated to through the years. Um, whether it be in-kind donation or monetary donation. And I always tell our partners, that's the exact feeling of community we try to foster in every single city that we have a store in. If there's someone out there that needs our help and we can do it, we 100% want to. And since we started our Kendrick Gives Back program, we have donated over $40 million to local and national nonprofits through monetary donations. And that's a number that's rapidly growing every single day, and it's a number we're very proud of. So we're excited to be starting our partnership with Pete Black Broward, and I know that it's going to be a wonderful one.
1: You are so beautiful. Thank you, Amanda, for sharing that. That just hits on so many of our buzzwords around here, right, y'all? Follow your heart, do your passion, do good, and good comes back to you. It's just, it's also right there in that story. Thank you for your time today, Amanda. I can't wait to see you on June 11th.
5: Yes, and definitely make sure, everyone, get your shopping in. You can do it online. You can come into the store. It is all for a good cause, and we are so very happy to be supporting P Flag And happy Pride!
1: Thank you, beautiful. In case y'all missed it, Amanda mentioned that sips and sweets will be served at this event. I heard a rumor those sips will include champagne. So there you go. I'm pulling out all the stops to get you there if you're local. I'd love to meet you. The event is at the Kendra Scott Jewelry Store in Dania Point. You can look that up to see how to get there. And in case you haven't heard me talk about PFLAG before, I am president of my local chapter of PFLAG, the country's oldest and largest support organization for the LGBTQ community and and their parents and families and friends of people in this community. That's what a lot of our, our free uh, groups are about. There are chapters all across the country. It's a free resource. I encourage you to go to PFLAG, P-F-L-A-G.org, for information and to find your local chapter. It's truly my honor to serve this organization. I'll be right back, y'all, with our next guest for this special Pride Month episode of Do Joy.
0: Human design is a system that offers profound insights into your inner self and how you interact with the world around you. Quantum human design takes that process one step further
1: And finally, we have my remarkable friend, David Alt, who, like Scott, recently did a full episode a bit back that you have to go back and hear if you missed it. David is a longstanding prophetic voice in the human potential movement, an unwavering crusader for mindfulness and social justice, award-winning author, leadership coach, and one of my favorite world changers, David, my love. You're putting the bow on this thing. You are the cherry at the top of the sundae. Okay. No (laughs) pressure there. No pressure at all. We started out with Scott Stabil talking about love. What else? Hate is big, big, big in our world out there right now. But we know, we know the solution is for each of us to do the work, to connect with that love that we all are at our core. I know this is your jam. You live within the confines of an oppressed group, but still you keep your eye on the prize. It is Pride Month. This is the Pride Month episode, a month for celebrating love, love, love. So just say something to bring us all home, brother.
6: <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I have to go back to my own experience. Um, I have to think about my upbringing, which was a very fundamentalist Christian background. Uh, pretty hardcore. And I used to hold this story in my mind as a kid that um, I didn't know why I felt I was different. I didn't know what this was about, but that it was wrong because that's what I had been told. And so uh, I I would I'd like to use the word linger. So I would linger in this narrative. I would linger in this story. And the longer that I lingered in it, the more oppressive it felt and then the more that I began to craft a life to sort of keep all of that narrative away or undercover and before you know before too long it just becomes unmanageable and but I I was an actor and I grew up you know in a in an era I think I arrived in New York City as a wannabe actor in the mid 80s Uh, Or no, a little bit before that, I'm aging myself. But that was at a time when it wasn't okay to be gay and to be an actor. And I really wanted to be an actor. So I was willing to do whatever it took to put on a persona, which only compounded how I felt being raised in that religion. So I've got all these different uh, faces and things that I'm trying to apply in order to fit in and it wasn't until I arrived in Los Angeles uh, again really young in my 20s and um, for pilot season as an actor that I wandered into the one and only Louise uh, Hayes Hayrides the the very famous Hayride thing that she had begun in the early days and it was Louisa's message. Louisa's message. I don't know your audience. I, I always assume that people know who Louise Hay is, but you know, we, we realize generation after generation, we don't. So Louise Hay is attributed to being the very first compassionate voice for uh, gay men who were experiencing the crisis of AIDS. She was the first one to open her heart and her physicality and her space in order to provide support for them. And then that, that compassionate act quantum leaped into the largest aid support uh, happening experience globally. And it, it just exploded. And I was a vocalist and I ended up being in a trio that traveled with her. So she was my second mom. She was near and dear to me and through her, I observed so many people going through this crisis. And I would say that many in that room, the hundreds of people in that room shared the same story, the same narrative that I did, that it was not okay to be who you were as a, as a gay man or a gay person. And, um, and compound that with this uh, physical crisis that they were going through just made that inner shame that much more intensified. And, and, Louisa's message was simple. It was, it was the fact that um, who we were at our very core was perfect. That message is only going to get in as deep as we are able to make space for it. So it doesn't matter how much, how loving the voice is that's telling us this, we can only receive what we are capable of accepting within ourselves. And so to get to that greater spacious acceptance is a little bit of a process. We don't go from zero to a hundred percent acceptive. We have to go along our zigzag path of, of loving ourselves in a way. And I'd like to think that her simplistic approach was much more powerful than people gave it credit for. And it was mirror work, yeah. She would, she would haul. I mean, we traveled on the road. She, we had suitcases full of these little pocket mirrors that were shaped into a heart that she had had made. And, and she would just implore people to look into the mirror and to say, I love you. I, I absolutely love you. At first blush doesn't go through. You have to really sit with something like that. You have to make eye contact and, the eyes are indeed the window to the soul. And if you can breathe through the resistance and the the uh, the tension and the laughter, all of the deflective mechanisms that we provide to get to the very core of them just dropping down and looking into your eyes and giving yourself that message, you'd be surprised. It, it's sort of like a celestial speed up. It is... It is like the moment that you get to that tipping point, the hard stuff, you know, all of, I've got to swim through the mire of all of my narrative and my religion and my domestication, my familial stuff. And once I get through that and I can really then sit with that, that, that face in front of me and say that to myself, then it's like, it takes you, it takes you on this sort of ride that quantum leaps and and speeds up into a place where some real magic can happen.
1: I'm going to ask you to pause one second because as you know, we always do a home play. I was going to tack that on at the end, but this is beautiful. This is perfect. Everybody, whether you're part of an oppressed group or not, we all have self-love work to do do that mirror work. Uh, David is right. It sounds simple. It's been made fun of in the media. It's people think it's hokey. It is so, so, so powerful. Your precious eyes are the same eyes that you had when you were a baby. Everything else about us changes. Those eyeballs are our same eyeballs we came here with. Look into that mirror and tell yourself I love you. And it will do all of those magic things that David just so eloquently described. Sorry, sweetheart. I just had to get that. No, in. You that's perfect.
6: On. Yeah, absolutely. And 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 then it it has to become a practice. It's not a one and done thing, because we live in the world of form, and every day there will be something in the world of form that will push back on that. Every day the noise is loud. Every day the seductive pull of why we're not the the old story. It's not that any of that will go away. I also appreciated that, too. It's that this doesn't make everything else uh, evaporate. It, it, It shows it for what it is, just a story. It doesn't mean that the story then completely leaves. It means that every time it circles around, now we have a tool. Now we have a little bit more wisdom. Now we have application. And we don't have to linger, there's that word. We don't have to linger in the story anymore. We can just go, oh, look at that, there's that. And it truly does work that way. I mean, I, there are days th- that I don't feel very self-loving, but I don't linger there. I, I have acquired, thankfully. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'm a slow learner, but you know, after all these decades, thankfully, I can just be the witness of it and realize that's not who I am. I'm just observing that feeling or that thought. And so for anybody out there, I, I think this is key. It's that, but it's also don't linger in the oppressive narrative. I'm not saying don't acknowledge it. I'm not saying sweep it under the rug, I'm not saying that it doesn't exist, but do what you can to not linger there, because what we linger in is all that we can see, what we linger in is all that will appear to be real. And so rather than lingering in the oppressive narrative for too long, try lingering more in the solution narrative and what what occurs with that is that our our hyper focus then becomes the world that we live in
1: oh so well stated that is absolutely true that's that's the bottom line right there and you said it it takes decades sometimes not not to make that you know sound like a, a, a big tall order that don't even bother just you know Ten thousand hours of anything, you become a pro. There's nothing better to start putting your ten thousand hours into than loving yourself. That's the one thing that just goes out and fixes everything else out there. That's such a beautiful practice and description.
6: Yeah, and don't and don't get caught up in the ten thousand hour part. Do do it what is before you.
0: Could be you know, much bigger than that. I,
6: and and I I even kind of uh, you know make it even more granular granular, and I say, why am I here? If the only reason that I'm here is to is to rise above the noise and to just love me, and to become fascinated by what makes me tick, and to say what is mine to do in the world, if that's really the the hyper focus, then I I'm I'm not lingering, and I'm becoming fascinated with, and I'm um, I am. Uh, that that quote that says, if I'm not in awe, I'm not paying attention. Mm -hmm. And so I can become in awe of the way that I walk through grass or the way that I notice the colors and the rhythms and the conversations and the synchronicities and all of that. The day then becomes not something to have to endure, but something that I can relish in, in a sort of Heightened anticipation and expectancy of good. And again, those are not words, but they will only appear to be words if I'm not willing to lean into that. So whoever's listening, just lean in, even if it's just for one day, make life an experiment like a laboratory. And today I'm going into the laboratory. Today, I'm going to set the oppressive narrative aside and I'm going to lean into Allowing that which is before me to, to morph based upon my willingness on how I, I I choose to see it.
1: David, I just came out of a four-day, very intense scientific conference. It was the Consciousness and Human Evolution Conference with Greg Braden and Bruce Lipton and very uh, well, well-learned scholars of science explaining all of the energetic principles that led to exactly what you just said. <laughs> and, you know, there, there were people I talked to at the, the conference who said, well, it was so much theory. I wish they had given us more concrete steps to take it into our lives. And I'm like, they did. It's just the ones that we've heard before and nobody is fully buying into. It's exactly what you just said. Yeah. Every drop of our life is perception. We can change the dial on our perception filter. Mm-hmm. Thank you.
2: I,
6: yeah, I think it's from having been a minister and standing, standing up, in front of people, and actually taking responsibility for what happens in the room. And so rather than talking at people, I want to talk with them. And I would always break the fourth wall. And I would say, what do you think? So in other words, it wasn't a traditional Sunday experience where someone's talking at people. It was like a communication. And incorporating q a into that kind of experience and i was i've got my divinity degree from the same lineage as louise hay and so that new thought message is very indicative of all of this love talk but it's only talk if if we can't meet people and and try to try to hone in on not only where they are but then give them something give them a takeaway give them an application i mean yeah i I was working with a woman last week and she told me the most you're gonna just be floored by this but she's struggling she's late in years and this woman never opened her drapes in her home we could go into all the reasons why but found herself in a Deep crisis, financial crisis, health crisis and whatnot, and forced to put her home uh, for sale and had to leave her home. And a realtor came in to show it. When she came back, she, for a moment, didn't realize that that was her home because the realtor had opened up all of the drapes. Okay. First of all, Simple. But opening the drapes and when she realized what her home looked like in the light, she had this profound awareness of her choices and her belief systems and her perceptions. And it, I, I didn't even know what to say. I was like, how could any of us live in our home and never open the drapes? Well, we do that in our yeah. lives.
1: What a powerful metaphor. We do
6: that in our lives when we hold on to this story about not being enough or or lingering in the oppression. Again, I want people to hear it's not denying it. It's understanding it. It's seeing it from this dimension of form. And it's this, considering that as a soul, I I chose to come in as gay. Because it would provide me with substantial soul lessons. And perhaps I could be a benefit from that stance. And I used to pray as a kid that it would be taken away. And I'm so glad it wasn't. Yeah, (laughs) It's been the greatest, most precious, most thrilling ride. I'm so proud and honored that this lifetime I got to experience this as a gay man.
1: I know. When I talk to the, the beautiful, young, precious high schoolers and LGBTQ youth, I tell them, you guys are the heroes. You are here to move humanity forward. You are teaching the world compassion. You are teaching the world a new way of being. And it's true that they are. They're the heroes.
6: I, I, the vibrancy and the color of life, I just I don't even know what it would have been like (laughs) without this, you know, so I, that's, that's all that I can share with those who are coming up before us, you are, to me, you're, it's like, I want to pass the torch to you, and I say, you know, bring, bring color, and vibrancy, and aliveness, and boundary stretching to the world,
1: I swear they get it. They just come in better. Every generation comes in with more of an understanding that we're here to be who we be and love each other and help each other through it. I believe that's true.
6: And linger in the solution. Linger in the solution. And you you will continue to be the leaders that will take us to the next vista of awareness.
1: Perfect wrap up. I knew you'd be the cherry on this Sunday. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Beautiful friend, David, a U L Y'all go check it out. It's a wonderland over there.
6: I love you so much. Thank you for all that you do and thank you for this forum and always letting me come and play in your sandbox.
1: Oh, you are so welcome in my sandbox. Love you, man. And all this right. concludes our, our special Pride Month episode. Y'all have your home play. Please do it. Oh, please do it. And I want to hear from you on how it goes. Love, love, love to all. See you next week. Joy comes in many flavors, but they all start with you being full on, glorious you. If you'd like some personal love and support along your joy journey, find me at lisamccourt.com. And as you do your joy this week, remember that you elevating your vibration elevates the vibration of everyone around you and ultimately elevates the vibration of all humanity. Thank you for being a valued member of the team that's bringing more love and joy into the world. We need you. I'll See you next week for Do Joy, the Vibration Elevation podcast. Much love. How long have I walked
0: through my- Once I found inside my heart that you were born to joy.